0: dave as he speaks with us this morning lord open our hearts to hear from him this morning what you have to say um through him lord and i pray um he can just be bold in what he has to say about you lord amen amen Amen. thank you very much well happy new year everyone it's uh it's going to be a good one and who knows what's going to be outside there this time next year hey that'd be great um i'm going to read to you part of the account of noah there are lots of voices, aren't there, that, that are shouting at us all the time? Have you noticed? There are all sorts. Of things, I was talking talking about um, the other week about how we have friends, but friends who are on phones that like what we say. I don't. I couldn't care less if. I, not only do I not put things on Facebook for people to like I'm not even on Facebook and I'm not setting myself up as an example if you're on Facebook that's fine but don't worry if people don't like you (laughs) it's probably your fault (laughs) but but seriously you know there are all sorts of voices and there are young people that are under pressure because they hear voices of friends Real friends and virtual friends, put them under pressure. There are sorts of voices and pressures. Do you know what I want to talk about today is right at the beginning of this year, I want us to see how we can drown out the voices and listen to the one voice that really matters, and that's listening to God's voice. Because that's the one that should guide us, that should affect us, should motivate us, and that should drown out the stuff that will cause us to go all over the place. Anyway, in in Genesis chapter six, just couple of verses there verses five to nine. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil and uh, all of the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I'll wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them the animals the birds the creatures that move along the ground, I regret that I have made them but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord this is the account of Noah and his family Noah was a righteous man blameless among the people of his time and he walked faithfully with God in Proverbs 3 verses 31 and 32 it says don't envy violent or choose any of their ways the Lord detests the perverse, but this is the bit. But takes the upright into his confidence. Oh, he takes the upright into his confidence. In other words, God says this, there are people that I want to share my heart with and speak into and give, share my confidence with them and trust them. Do you know, I believe those people are us by the grace of God. That's a powerful statement. In the amplifier, it says his confidential and secret counsel. He wants to share that with people. He wants to take the upright into his confidence. The upright. Upright. That's a bit of a kind of a severe word, isn't it? Are you upright? (laughs) God loves and wants to bless everyone. But his dealings... And his intimate dealings are with the ones he can trust. I mean that's common sense really, isn't it? You only trust the deepest things with people who you can trust with it. And he trusts the upright. You see, Noah lived in troubled times, uh, in a depraved world. And it had to be dealt with. But it says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He was a righteous man. He was blameless and he walked with God. He was upright. Now, this isn't a test, and I'm not sort of picking out anybody who doesn't put their hand up. But if you're a Christian, just give us a wave. Yeah, just give us a good one. Oh, I'm a Christian. Okay. If you're upright and righteous, give us a wave. Where are all the hands? For goodness sake! Do you know what? if you are not upright and righteous you are not a Christian and that doesn't mean that you're better than anyone else what it means is that the grace of God has come into your life and made you better than you were you are forgiven by the grace of God and now you are made righteous before him you're upright see that's what it is you can't say oh I'm righteous because you start thinking of people who are self-righteous We're not self-righteous, we're God-righteous. What Wes was saying earlier on, he said, I don't feel good enough to lead this meeting. Well, he's not good enough to lead this meeting, so don't have any illusions, my friend. The thing is this. God makes us... God makes us equal to the task I'm not worthy to stand here but by the grace of God you're not worthy to come before him you're not worthy to hear from him but he wants to take you who he has made upright and clean and forgiven you he wants to take you into his confidence like he did with Noah you see Noah found grace or favour in the eyes of the Lord and the only reason we can come before him is that we found grace and favour in the eyes of the Lord now I want to explain that a little bit but righteous made right despite who we are in the gospel it says in Romans 1:17 in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last last just as it is written the righteous will live by faith it's faith not works that make us clean and accepted and right uh, blameless. Noah was blameless. He wasn't perfect. He couldn't have been because he was a human being. But he was on a walk. He was, Do you know something? We are made righteous. And then we go on a walk with him where he starts to work on our character and helps us to become better than we were before. I hope you're better this first Sunday in 2020 than you were in 2019. And I hope you're better in 2021. And say, I don't know. But we need to grow and walk before, and he walked with God. That's so good. He wasn't religious, he walked with God. And the thing is this, that is what we are called to do. God's heart was revealed right at the very beginning. He wanted to walk with Adam and Eve in the garden. He came here, he walked with them. As a man later called Enoch, and it says about Enoch that he walked with God. In other words, he, he was there with him. He had a relationship with him. In fact, it says about Enoch, it doesn't say he actually died, it just says one day he wasn't there. Whoosh, he's gone. He walked that close, God just said, Well, you might have well to come and join me then. He walked with God. The disciples were called to walk with Jesus. And when he walked, when they walked with Jesus, he put things into their hearts and into their lives that they'd never heard before. He shared his counsel and his confidence with the disciples you know God speaks to those who are upright um, it, I won't read it to you but in Numbers chapter 12 verse 3 it says about Moses that he was the most humble man that had ever been <laughs> amazing isn't it he, he led a whole nation through a wilderness he was the most humble man. And when he started to be criticised by, I think it was Aaron and Miriam, they started to say, what, who do he think he is? It's just God that talks to him. So God took them aside and said this. You can read it in verses 6 to 8. He says, do you know what? God, I, God said, I talk to people through prophecies and in all sorts of ways, but I don't talk like that to Moses. I talk to him face to face. Because he found that grace and that favour and that walk with God that enabled him to hear the voice of God. You see, God does speak because of who he was, and God had given him favour. It says in verse 13. So God said to Noah, and you know what he told Noah? He said, "I want you to build an ark because there's going to be a flood, and you're going to do. You know Noah's ark. You know about that. Yeah." He took him into his confidence and shared the plan. Do you know, one of the things that Christians very often say is, well, God never speaks to me. (laughs) Never speaks to me. Well, I don't think that's true. Because if we start to think, we've all got a story, haven't we? In fact, I think God speaks to people even before they know it's God speaking to them. (laughs) I really do. I think he draws people. We all have a story. We all have circumstances. We've all found the conviction, the call to salvation, and a new dimension of knowing God. And those things are things that God has spoken to us about. You know, sometimes people think, well, if, if I don't have a choir of angels in my living room, telling me this then God hasn't spoken to me and I'll go on a bit later on about how he actually does speak to you but can I tell you something even the great prophet Elijah he went and God met with him and he wasn't in all the thunderstorms and in the earthquakes and on all the stuff but God spoke to him in that little voice that he needed to hear and I believe that we need to perhaps tune in and have some faith that some of the stuff that we're hearing and what God is if we ask God to speak to us don't think that it's you thinking it do you know what when when I, when I was when I went to Bible college years ago Bible college doesn't that sound anarchic a Bible college I went to Bible college and my mum thought I was absolutely round the bend she knows better well she knew better now bless her she's not here now but, but yeah she, she knew I was around the bend anyway and I know you'd all agree I know don't, you don't have to say anything but you know I, was gonna, I left Bible college in 1979 having had to pay my way no income right and in 1980 I was getting married I was getting married and my mum said to me she said you're getting married next year and I was, I was working at a church in Croydon and they paid me 25 quid a week. <laughs> and after that was expenses. And I had to double that by working on a building site. So my mum said to me, she said, look, you're getting married next year. Where are you going to live? What are you going to live on? And I said, mum, I have no idea right now. But when it works out, when, not if, when it works out, don't you dare say to me, Oh, that was a bit of luck, wasn't it? Oh, was, how'd you manage that? Was a, but you fell on your feet, you lucky so and so. No, I'm not a lucky so and so. I did what God called me to do, and then God did answer my prayer. And I heard the voice of God knowing I knew I had to go to Bible college. I knew I, was, I had to get married. I knew I had to do all that sort of stuff. I knew God had a plan for my life. And do you know what? I got a flat belonged to someone in the church and the rent was 15 pounds a week I know my wife got a job as a teacher so I was a kept man for a while 15 quid a week and God has never let us down see so if you ask God to speak to you expect him to and he'll do it in various ways I'll get to that in a minute but when you belong to God, he will, he can speak to you. Why does he speak to us? Do you know what? Some people want to hear what God says. and It's almost like they want to be amused by it. You know? I want to hear what God says. Oh, come on, God, lay it on me. I want to know. If God tells you something, he tells you something for a purpose. He's not here to entertain you. He's here to inform you so that you can serve him. He told Mary she was pregnant. Oh, that's very interesting. Thank you very much. informative no he he, he thought he better tell her that because she was going to produce the son of God on the earth see he spoke to her now she needed a choir of angels in the living room because that was pretty big we don't always need that volume of, of, of voice from God He speaks to us. He speaks things to reveal things which we need to respond to in obedience in in order to unlock God's plan. That's why he speaks. You see, Noah was spoken to by God. And he said, thank you, God, that's very interesting. No, he didn't just do that. He then got the hammer and nails and the black and decker, or perhaps it was a a makita or something, and he started to make the ark. In other words, he heard what God said and then he started to act on it and put it into practice. You see, God told him that, not just to inform him, but to motivate him and lead him to do something about it. That's why God gave favour to Noah, because he knew he could trust Noah with the information about what was going to happen, because he knew Noah was going to do something about it and not just thank you very much how many times does God speak into people's lives we get conviction about something it does happen and then we forget all about it no we need to pray those things through we need to do something about it and do what God calls us to do you see when he built the ark it wasn't a selfish thing I believe that when he started to build that there weren't many arcs being built right then It was the only one. When he built that ark, everyone saw it. And can I tell you that that was a prophetic statement that was before the whole of mankind. They saw this going on. And it wasn't that Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord so that he could just be rescued and everyone doesn't matter about them. God's heart is always to reach people For them to come to repentance and to change if the people had done that God wouldn't have had to destroy the earth Jonah reluctantly went to Nineveh because he went to tell them that they were going to be destroyed because of their wickedness when Jonah preached in Nineveh having had an interest in riding a great big fish the whole of that city turned to God you see Jonah was brought into God's confidence. and said, look, this is going to happen. I want you to go and do that. And it changed the people. Do you know, the church is a bit like the ark. We are are called to be a prophetic statement to the world in which we live in. When I say prophetic, when you think of a prophet, you think of some wild-looking man, you know, with long hair and sort of robes. Proclaiming! You know... To prophesy, prophecy is not just about talking about what's going to happen in the future. Jesus was a prophet, a priest and a king. He was a king, he was a king of kings, okay, because he was the son of God. He was a priest. A priest is somebody who is man's representative to God. You know, in some churches you go to the priest and the priest goes to God on your behalf. We don't believe that. We believe that we go to the high priest, Jesus. When we come to God the Father in the name of Jesus. We've got a direct line. That's not insurance. We have a direct line to God because he's our priest. But he's also the prophet. A prophet is someone who speaks to man on God's behalf. So God tells the prophet what people need to know. And then he shares that. And the church has a revelation of who Jesus is. We have a revelation of what he's done in our lives. And do you know, we're not not just brought into God's grace and favor so that we can sit here on a Sunday and be be wonderfully happy and praise the Lord and and know that we're going to go to heaven and it's all all right. No, we don't do that. We do that because we're told that because we're called to reach this community for Jesus. What we've got, what God has told us, what God has done in our lives isn't for us it's for everyone so we've got to build the ark we've got to be a prophetic statement we've got to make a difference in our lives in our area and take what God says to us and make it known because God loves people you know we need to walk with and hear God in our daily lives In Acts chapter 1, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and in your office and in your street and in your family and to the utter ends of the earth. You know, too many believers think they've received favor from God for their benefit. (laughs) It's, it's, It's not for you. You benefit, but you only benefit to pass it on. That's Otherwise, we're just being selfish. You know, God said, you know that parable, well done, good and faithful servant. Not well done, good and faithful consumer. We're servants. And what do we do? We get what God gives us and we serve. We give it away. And if God hadn't given it away if someone hadn't given what God had given them away to you you wouldn't be sitting here today we all need to hear and know what Jesus has done and so you know there is a terrific pressure for us to embrace standards of men rather than stand for what's right you know we love and accept people but we mustn't compromise and the thing is this salt and light which is what we're called to be don't compromise If it's pitch black and you switch a light on, it's not just a little bit light, it's light, light. And if you stick a load of salt on your dinner, you will know it, and so will your blood pressure. Jesus only did what the Father directed him to do. The Father took Jesus into his confidence, and then Jesus did what God God the Father told him to do. That's why everyone who he prayed for got healed and set free. Jesus didn't heal everyone, but he healed the ones he was directed to, right? It's a story about uh, yeah. So to reveal things that we need to act in obedience to. He also speaks to us to make us effective. You see, God reveals things we don't know and can't know, to help us serve Him better, rather than hoping for the best. <laughs> he wants us to be He wants us to hear His voice so that we do what He wants us to do in the way He wants us to do it. I used to feel really intimidated by people who used to say, oh, what's the vision for your church? What's, as if it was my problem. <laughs> it's not my vision, is it? Eh? What's my vision for this church? It's irrelevant. It's not my church. It's God's church. So all I've got to do, all, all we've got to do, is say, Lord, what's, it, what's going on? What's occurring? What's happening? What is it you see... Please take us into your confidence so that we can walk the way you want us to go. Because we don't want to mess around being religious or nutters or stupid or or, or wasting time. We don't want to tread water. We want to make progress. What's your vision so that we can... It's not my vision. It's his vision. But he wants to tell us what his vision is. And then we fall into line with that. (laughs) I I said it before. you, You don't actually have a right to choose which church you go to. Ooh. I think God directs us to where he wants us to be. Because there's no other church like this one. <laughs> but, but <laughs> I hope you meant that in a really good way. Yeah, but it's, it's, it, I, know it, I know it's true, but you see, every church is different. And I'm not saying one's better than the other. What I'm saying is we're different. So what God's got for us, if you belong here, you won't belong anywhere else hey it's good isn't it see so he wants to make us effective you know Elisha was told by God every detail that the enemy king was doing In, in you can read it in 2 Kings chapter 6 and this king said to him everywhere he went Elisha told the Israelite army oh he's doing this now so every time they tried to beat, they just outflanked them all the time the king went mad he said who's, who's, who's the mole who's the spy and he said no one it's Elisha God's telling him everything we're doing Elisha was brought into the confidence of God okay you know I I, 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 um, I heard a story of a man he, he testified about it and he stepped out in faith and said something really silly he was in a meeting one day and he felt God was saying to him I want you to say you must be a polished shaft what polished shaft. You're translating over there, aren't you? A shaft of wood that is polished. Like an arrow. Yeah? That's great. And I haven't mentioned cornetos once. You're doing a great job over there. Don't translate that. Um. (laughs) Italian. Italian. He said, you you are to say you must be a polished shaft and he thought that's ridiculous oh, I can't say that it's rubbish but God said to him I want you to say in this meeting that you must be a polished shaft oh, he's struggling with this anyway God turned up the heat and he was just oh, he was writhing and he, oh, he was sweating and he knew no, he had to do it so he stood up and with about as much conviction as that dog has got in wanting to listen to a word I say bless him he's great isn't he he stood up and he said you shall be a polished shaft now watch just say that again you shall be a polished shaft and again you shall be a polished shaft. And he sat down, went bright red, wanted to die and wanted the ground to open up and swallow him because he was so embarrassed about saying such a ridiculous thing. Do you know, a man came to him at the end of the meeting and he said, listen, are you the man that gave that word earlier on about the polished shaft? He said, yes. He said, do you know what? I have been asked to join this Christian group at my workplace or somewhere uh, and, and they're called the polished shaft." and I didn't know whether I should join it or not and then you get up in the middle of this meeting and tell me three times you shall be a polished shaft. You see God put him into his confidence he told him something that he needed to share and it changed somebody's life and directed them. Isn't that brilliant? is that brilliant? I, I went to a meeting once when I, I went to Croydon before I came here I went up in the world I went to Sutton anyway but before that I was in Croydon and when I went to Croydon I knew, I knew I was only going to be there six months before I moved on. And I was in this meeting, and this bloke came out with this word, and he says, you think you know what God wants you to do and how long you're going to be where you are. God knows the plans you think you have in your heart and, what, and all the rest of it. He said, but God says, those plans are like rubble. They're demolished, and they're not... I know, well, no so six months I was going to stay. nine years later I left <laughs> God spoke to me and the man who gave that word had no idea what he was saying no idea no idea at all and, and, and finally there was one guy I was preaching at a church in Nottingham my, where my wife used to be and it was one of those nights that I was speaking there one night and nothing exceptional happened Years and years and years later on, the pastor the, the, the pastor that took over later on said to me, he said, y- you came and preached at the church one day. I said, yeah. And he said, well, I want you to know, he said, that I came late that night and uh, I was out in the foyer when he got a speaker and he says, you didn't know I was there. But he says, everything that he was saying was hitting me, hitting me, hitting me and he became the pastor of the church and I never knew <laughs> I'm so what? Naughty, that's right. So I, she, she I can't get away with it with her. He wants us to be effective, and you know he also shares his heart with us because we belong to him. Yeah, we belong. We belong. The disciples came to Jesus and asked, "Why do you speak to the people in parables?" He said, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven had been given to you, not to them. Now, it's not that he wanted to exclude people, but he knew that he could trust the disciples who would then go and minister to people. But they needed to get it first. So he spoke to them in parables. Then he explained the parables, but the people didn't understand the parables. And he did it because they belonged to him as his disciples. They walked with him. God was making them upright and all the rest of it. And they were his followers, and they walked with him. So he shared... His heart with them. Peter had a revelation of who Jesus was, the Son of the Living God, and, and Jesus said, to You know, that wasn't revealed to you in your mind by flesh and blood. That was by God. You see, He reveals things. So, how does God speak? How does He speak? This is really important. Just being a bit practical, right? You may think He doesn't because you've never had that experience. I've had one experience in my life of hearing god's voice in the room one okay and i've told you about it before when our church began back in 2010 people kept saying to me where are we going to meet and where what are we going to be called it sounded like my mum where are we going to where are you going to live and what are you going to live on you know where are we going to meet and what are we going to be called well god sorted out the venues and we're here now today and all the rest of it but I wanted to think I wanted a good name for the church so I could have googled a thousand cool church names but I didn't I had a little notebook I carried around with me and if I thought of something I wrote it down and when I wrote it down I thought that's absolute rubbish I don't want that but I I kept praying and I was getting out of bed one morning getting out of bed and my right leg hit the ground and I heard a voice in my room and Judith wasn't there horizon wow so nobody's ever said what a stupid name for this church no one dare because God said it if you don't like the name take it up with him whose church is it it's God's church so who can name it yeah, but bless blessed Lord he gave me he told me he brought me into his council and he said Dave you've been through a lot mate Horizon And then when I told people Horizon, they went, boo. No, they didn't. This is great. Because God said, he speaks. But how does he speak? Well, first of all, he speaks to us when we read the Bible. He does. The book, the Bible, is made up of 66 books comprised of God-inspired, breathed scripture of historical spiritual truth passed down through the generations. And when we read the Bible, some of it's quite complicated. Have you noticed? I don't say that I understand it all. But I do trust, yeah, because I don't. But I do trust that it is inspired. The word in, in 2 Timothy 3.16 is it inspired. And that means God breathed, right? So I want to take notice of what it says. Because God speaks to people through the Bible, through Scripture, in Luke twenty four twenty seven, there were two men walking along the road to a place called Emmaus after Jesus had risen from the dead. This is after he'd died and after he'd risen. And suddenly this, this gentleman came and joined them and started to chat to them. He said, what are you two on about then? about what's been going on in Jerusalem about Jesus and died and all the rest of it and we thought he was this and we're a bit disappointed because he got crucified and all the rest of it and then the resurrected Jesus started to speak to them and it's interesting what it says beginning with Moses and all the prophets he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself can I say that the Bible is not like a lucky charm a missionary once was asked can I have three more Bibles please he said well you've got one already why do you want three you've got three friends he says no I want to put one under each leg of my bed to keep the demons away nonsense That's what, it, it's, a, it's a book for crying out loud but without the Bible I believe that spiritual truth would have been lost through word of mouth through the ages but we've got some fundamental stuff foundations that are contained that we need to build our lives upon it's it's not just about a book but it's how we can hear that inspired word that touches our lives you see the Bible can be misused the Pharisees knew scripture really well but they didn't hear God speak They were faced with Jesus, and yet they didn't believe in him. Whereas the scriptures all pointed to him. So it needs to be read with the help of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians, it talks about spiritual truth is spiritually discerned. And if you pray, and if you read the Bible, God can speak to you. It's a way he does it. So I would say to you, for him to be able to do that, you do need to actually read the Bible. Don't just rely on the people that come and stand here and teach from the Bible. Read it for yourself as well, and God can speak to you. Some of the Bible is clear teaching and essential for us to embrace about who Jesus is, about grace, about faith, about forgiveness, about the deity of Jesus. We need to know those things, and those things are thoughtfully written down for us. Some other stuff is historical and cultural and may not directly apply to us right now. But all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It will help. It will speak to us. But please read it because when, when my dad died, I felt pretty rough. And as always, you know, I think I shared it with you before. And I just happened to be reading the next bit in my Bible. And that verse was there waiting for me. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Whoa. I needed that. God spoke to me. He could speak to me however he wants to, but he spoke to me through reading the scripture. Yeah? But he only, read, he only spoke to me through reading the scripture because I was reading it. You got that, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, he, for the Bible. So being in his presence, walking with him, is another way that he can speak to us. I think it's really important that we can sometimes, if we, we need to budget some time to give to God, and be aware of Him and in His presence. You know, even in His presence today, some of the words of those songs were hitting me. A minister in life, He was speaking to me. Whatever lies before us, He's going to be with us. Um, in life circumstances, I believe God can speak to us there. You see, our walk with God in the world, like I heard, said earlier, we can hear lots of voices, but we can also hear God's voice and direction, a prompt sometimes. Go and talk to so-and-so. Ring someone up. And it might be when you ring them up, they say, what do you want? I was asleep, how dare you, you know. You've got to take a chance sometimes. Doesn't matter if you get it wrong. Take a chance they reckon old people I'm just middle aged right now but old people they were asked what is the greatest regret you've had it throughout life and they said not taking enough risks for goodness sake take some risks and if you think God's sort of prompting you to do a little thing like that do it what have you got to lose have you noticed I ring you up sometimes don't I some of you I just ring you up because I think I should it must really annoy you but I don't care because if God prompts me to do it, I'm going to do it, all right? Conscience is another thing. God can speak to us through our consciences. Let the peace of God rule in your heart, right? If you're doing something or going somewhere and you don't feel right about it, and let me tell you, that is God speaking to you. He speaks to us in our everyday life circumstances. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything... By prayer and position, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God will keep your minds in Christ, hearts and minds in Christ. The other thing is, and I'm nearly finished, godly counsel. Other people can help you hear God's voice. Um, I've been blessed with two great friends who were church leaders. One of them's retired and the other one sadly died. Keith and Jeff, some of you guys know him, know them. And I saw Jeff, oh, I see him once a month. And we have been meeting in either Burger King or McDonald's for 30 years. How much rubbish I have eaten, I really don't know. (laughs) But can I tell you that those two guys... Those two fellas spoke into my life at some of the toughest times of my life and they spoke God's word into my life. They spoke counsel into my life because I could trust them. I could tell them exactly how I felt and I knew that I was safe with them. You need to be careful who you trust people with. There's a, uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but there were these three church leaders and they all wanted to be open with one another, you see so the first one said well I, I, I'm going to share something that's really you know troubling me so, I'm ashamed to say that you know um, that the females in the church I've, I've been a bit inappropriate with some of them and I'm, I, I've got a real problem with me, with women with speaking by the sound of it with women and the, the other two said okay well thank you for sharing the second one said you know I, I've got a problem with money I've, I've been actually helping myself to some money in the church terrible. So the third one said, you know, I appreciate you being open and honest. I'm going to share something now. And the third one said, I've got this real problem. I'm the worst gossip. <laughs> I, I have real problems keeping confidences. And <laughs> If you're going to share your heart with someone, make sure you can trust them. Because God won't share what you can't handle with you. Right? He needs to take us into his confidence. That's why it's really important, and I said this last time, that we are committed to fellowship and to being in a church and being here. Because we're told to provoke one another to love and good works and not to give up meeting together. Because that gives us the opportunity to minister to each other you're not here as consumers this morning folks you're here to bless others right it's not my job it's yours thank goodness for that you're thinking finally gifts of the holy spirit i can't go into this in detail but you know god can speak to us through miraculous words that come straight from the spirit there are words of prophecy messages in tongues interpretations you know, when you're in a meeting like this, God can speak right into your life and into your heart. That man that told me my plans were rubble, that was a word through the Holy Spirit that spoke into my life. So he can do that, and he can do that in your everyday life. I don't believe that gifts of the Holy Spirit are just for when we meet together. I think God can give you a word of wisdom in a situation. He can just... Speak into it. That's a big subject, but it's another way that God speaks to us. You know, Hebrews one. Oh, just to say, if God does speak to you in a certain way, don't just take the first thing you hear. Without praying it over, testing it, seeing what else He says to you, and He will confirm it. All right, just a bit of wise there. And there's a there's a girl. Uh, no, it's a bloke that went to a woman, a girl once, and said, God's told me I'm going to marry you. And she said, Oh, that's good. She said, Well, when he tells me, we'll do it. It wasn't that, Oh, God's told me I'm going to marry you. I better get married then, because God's told him. That's nonsense. He just, pardon the crudity, he fancied her. That was all, basically. I doubt if they got married. Hebrews 1 1 to 3. In the past, God spoke to us our ancestors through prophets and at many times and in various ways but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son he is the living word of God whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he also made the universe the son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word after he provided purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And you know, the disciples, when people started to, to, to disperse and, and uh, leave Jesus because they didn't like what he said, they, Jesus said, Are you going to go as well? And Peter said, You know, where should we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. God speaks into our lives and he draws us to come to know him, he gives us guidance and he draws us into a relationship so that we can walk with him and like the wise builders the wise man who built his house upon the rock he was the man that heard what God said and put it into practice let's pray for a moment shall we Father we thank you this morning for a new year and we just pray that in this new year that we will be a people who expect by faith that when we ask you to speak to us we will hear you sometimes it's unremarkable sometimes it's circumstantial but as we just try and seek to walk with you and make ourselves available to you I want to pray that you will just drop into our hearts and drop into our minds and drop into our lives what you want to say so we give ourselves to you this this day and we just pray that you will help us to have ears that hear what you would say to us in Jesus name. Thank you Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's keep our ears open.